Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, and Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Breaking the Silence. I'm Greg Williams. Welcome to my home here in probably one of the most awesome cities in the country, if not the world, Houston, Texas. I'm sitting here just looking over at the NRG Stadium, which is right across the street uh, from where I live, and the Texans were victorious there uh, this weekend. And then just a few blocks right down the road on this side is where the Houston Astros are going into the postseason in baseball. So we just have exciting things happening uh, in uh, our awesome city here. But most importantly, tonight, we have an awesome guest and some exciting things that's going to be happening in the next 50, 55 minutes right here on our program. And we have a guest that's been here with us before, but he is coming back today, uh, tonight, to give us a, a new insight on what some new directions, new adventures, new journeys and um, I don't know if we're going to find out why he's made those, but we're going to try to find out all the things about what's going on with him and the future of what he's doing. So we're going to look forward to that here just in a few minutes. You can get in touch with us two ways tonight. Uh, well, really three, if you want to come and knock on my door, I can open it up and say, hey, what you got? But uh, you don't know how to get in here. But my number is, uh, you can call right the radio station at 888-627-6008 and TJ or Thomas, either way you want to talk to him about it. Uh, we'll be glad to answer the phone and patch you right on through, or you can get on it. I'm looking at it right now, Shattered by the Darkness. My son Curtis is running that in Seattle, Washington, in the U.S. Army. Uh, so he's looking like he's got that up and rolling, and we're live. You can comment on there, or you can actually even text me, 832-396-6525. So there's three ways uh, you can get in touch with us. Tonight, I tell you what, I'm kind of tired tonight. Had a long day, great day. I've uh, been up running around doing things and doing church and then some stuff after church and and finally made it back home and and just uh, wore out. But I tell you what, it's been one of those weeks. And maybe maybe you've experienced this or will experience this or you know what I'm talking about. There's weeks that you seem so strong, and then all of a sudden something happens and you slip and fall and you got to get up and do it again. And you didn't do it quite the way you thought you should have. And that getting up part sometimes gets tough. And there's a word that us counselors and therapists and, and uh, 
the doctors on the other side of the street and the people on the other side of the desk will try to use and all these educators and, and our guests and I maybe even uses this word with the folks that he talks with. And they use this word resiliency. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that because it doesn't tell me uh, what does that even mean? So I looked it up right before we got on the program tonight and I just grabbed a file folder and I just kind of put some notes right here. Uh, wrote down some notes real quick. Resiliency increases the capacity to withstand the negative effects of stress. So it's what is inside of you that causes you to keep on keeping on. Now, it's different than being numb. Numb is a whole different ballgame. I don't like going to the dentist, but you go to the dentist and sometimes they give you that shot of Novocaine and that way they can really go down and get into those, that nerve system and, and dig out some stuff and, and get out the, the drill and you see sawdust and smoke coming out of your mouth and you don't know what's going on. Uh, but it's different than just being numb. Resiliency wants you to experience how you feel. Wants you to experience how you fail, how you hurt, and what that experience is all about in your life. But, and it's a big but, you keep on going. And I think it was Nelson Mandela says, don't judge me on my success, but judge me on how many times I fell and still got up. That's what it's all about. And I think resiliency in me is just keep it on, keep it on, even though sometimes things aren't perfect. And I don't know if I'm letting the cat out of the bag or telling you any great secret tonight, but if you want to lean in, you're welcome to. Nothing's going to be perfect in your life, no matter what. You may have the most awesome uh, husband or wife or children, and you're just coming home from that maternity board and everything just went great in that delivery. But eventually, that child's going to make a mistake, mess his diaper, end up becoming a teenager and telling you what kind of fool you are uh, until you're about 25. Then all of a sudden, you become the most intelligent person on the face of the earth with your children. And resiliency is something that is not learned. It's something that is discovered inside of you. Each of us have that character makeup inside of you right now. And I probably think that our guests may have some wisdom on this, and we may just start the conversation out about this. So, so Tyler, start thinking about this. That what you've gone through maybe the past month or two has taught you, what do I do? It didn't go the rosy way I thought it was going to. It didn't go exactly what I had planned in life. I think I'm just going to fall down on the ground and curl up in a ball and cry. Well, you can do that for a few minutes, but eventually you have to get back up and do something with it. What are you going to do with it? You have to be able to find some kind of meaning in adversity. And with the stuff that's happened to me, with the stuff that I'm reading about and I go around the country and speaking about, what do you do with that adversity? 
Do you pretend it's not there? Do you just curse God and, and want to die? Or do you find meaning in it and say, what am I going to do with this? And how can I forge that into a bullet that I can put in my emotional constitution to be able to fire through something in a very positive way and help make a difference in other people's lives? Some people choose to choose a career that is absolutely helping the most hurtful, painful people. And it's, it's an experience that sometimes is a thankless job. But who's going to do that if there's not people like our guest tonight? You got to be able to find meaning in that adversity. And then you got to be able to find a circle of friends. And it doesn't have to be a big circle because I have a very small circle of friends that you can be able to lean into and find some kind of support with. You need people to be able to be there to just give you their presence. Maybe a piece of advice, but just love and unconditional acceptance. This world doesn't do very much of that unconditionally. And if you have one or two of those people, man, you are blessed and hold them close because you need that support. And then you also need to understand to accept and always anticipate change. And one thing about that word change is congratulations. It's always changing. Your life is always changing. I mean, look at look at my hair. I just turned 60 years old. I wasn't supposed to get that old. And I guarantee you, <laughs> my life is changing. Uh, I think my body started falling apart at 40. And now I'm just trying to pick up the pieces and duct tape them on at 60. But it's always going to be able to understand that you're going through change. And as we end the program every week, you always have to try to find hope. You have to be hopeful. And then always focus on being thankful for something that's going on in your life. Sometimes I just thank God that I can get out of that chair that I sleep in every night to be able to put my two feet on the floor and walk across and go to work at Baylor College of Medicine, be able to go out and help people or try to help people. And it's going to be Monday tomorrow. It's one of those days that I don't jump out of that chair and go, oh, great, I get to go to work. It's Monday. Very rarely do I do that. It's usually, oh, no. Another day week has started, and it's Monday morning. Tell you what, it's called resiliency. You just keep on keeping on, keep on making the best. And sometimes when you hit rock bottom, Congratulations, because when you hit that, that can become the most solid foundation that will ever exist that you can start building your life back on. Resiliency. I needed to hear that this week. I experienced that this week. I found some more inside of me this week that I didn't think I, that I knew was there, and I was glad I did. It was underneath a little layer or two, but I found it, and you can find it too. Don't give up on yourself and keep on keeping on. And I tell you what, tonight our guest uh, is a friend of mine, and I consider a friend of mine. He's been on our program before, Tyler Schwab. And he is from when he was here the last show. And he may not want to talk about this, and all he has to do is go, Greg, stop. 
but he was with the Operation Underground Railroad, and we had him on when we was talking about the Sound of Freedom uh, movie that he was uh, a part of the storyline that was that uh, ultimately that movie was all about. But he is now. Uh, he has always been a renowned and expert in the field of human trafficking, but he has a new venture, a new career change. Uh, he has an educational background that is probably second to none and has extensive training that I would put extensive experience against almost anybody in the human trafficking field, com- combating not only this issue in the United States, but around the world. So it's my honor. Uh, to welcome to the program, Tyler Schwab. Tyler, come on in. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you can you hear me okay? There you are. Yes, absolutely. You got the old GQ look with a new beard. Welcome to the program. Thank you. No, it's an honor of mine to be here, and uh, thank you for the awesome introduction. You're going to make my head explode with uh, so many nice things, so I appreciate the kindness and, and the great well, introduction. I read it just the way you said it to me. Talk to That's you. true. That's true. <laughs> Tyler, tell me, uh, first of all, uh, as we did this little introduction here this this evening, do you relate? Yeah, I do. I do relate. Um, Resiliency is such a uh, it's such an interesting word. Um, And, you know, like, you know, as you said, I'm starting this new venture, this new venture of Libertas International. And and it was a, a big decision to to leave where I was and to, and to start this thing. And I had a lot of doubts and, but throughout my travels, I just saw a, a population that I'm passionate about. I saw a population that's often, um, that doesn't get the resources that it needs. And it's a population where I've never seen such a disgusting power dynamic between the perpetrator and the victim. And so I've, I decided to dedicate my whole existence to that. And it all, the word resiliency, I'll, I'll just tie it back together. Um, you know, I feel like I am resilient, right? Uh, I, I would think I would consider myself resilient, but then I meet someone who blows my resiliency out of the water. And it happened even on Wednesday. It's funny you bring up that word because that, that, that word has been buzzing through my mind as well. I was sitting with this 16-year-old um, girl and her son, and she's getting ready to graduate uh, makeup school where she's going to become an uh, basically an uber makeup artist where she'll go into this application people will ask for makeovers and she'll go to their house and give them makeovers and they'll tip her and they'll pay her and it's it's really cool business uh it's a really cool company that she'll be working for and as i'm sitting with her you know i i remembered of when we got her in our family um maybe a short six or seven months ago and this girl has every reason to not be with us today she was um trafficked she was exploited um, her trafficker was uh, an American man, and she really went through it. There was pictures of her online. Uh, she got bullied in school because of that. There were so many excuses that she could have had to not get out of bed, to not leave her house, to not dream of doing something more. And because she's so resilient, she's not only an amazing student, professional, she's also an amazing mother. And so when I'm maybe missing in resiliency, I just think of the people that I'm blessed to serve and it it helps me find my own bravery and my own resiliency along the way. So when you decided to, because you were probably with one of the biggest organizations, probably in the country, uh, at least one of the most well-known of the most recent era, um, you decided to just go out and do a new organization on your own. You founded this, right? 
Yes, sir. Okay. Is it located because it's called Libertas? Is yes, that sir. the way you pronounce it? International? Yes, sir. Is your is your uh, home base in the United States or is it someplace else in, in the world? Well, our home base, our tax exempt status is in the United States. It's based in the state of in Wyoming. Um, but our home office, our home base is actually in Medellin, Colombia. Oh. And it's in Medellin, Colombia because um, throughout all my travels, you know, in the last 10 years, I've been to 30 something countries. I've seen numerous forms of exploitation. And the 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 type of trafficking I saw that hurt me the most is where an American sex tourist, American traveler would travel overseas and find the most vulnerable girl that he could um, underage single parent household, extreme poverty, not studying. And because he has money and she's extremely vulnerable, he feels that he has the right to do whatever he wants to her because of her economic, uh, economic situation. And it was a power dynamic that I've never seen before. And it it just, it it, honestly, it pissed me off so bad because, um, you know, these people are just like me. Like we're not that far off. We're at the same economic levels. We're both Americans and it, we both have a passport, which gains us access to essentially the whole world and many vulnerable people that live in the world. And to think that these men would engage in this type of behavior with with people that I consider so special and so brave really just upset me. And then uh, that's what I decided to focus on. That's what I decided to focus 100 percent of my attention on is um, first and foremost, assisting local police to get these guys in whatever way that looks like prosecuting these guys, taking all their assets, taking their cash, getting a really good prosecution, making sure these guys' faces are all over the media. And then most importantly, with the survivors that are brave enough and strong enough to survive this ordeal, to make sure that they have every chance that they have at healing, at empowerment, at education, so that they have a chance to rebuild their lives and create something beautiful out of out of the trauma that's happened to them. Do you find that you have special insight being an American, going to Columbia, um, having the experience that you've had, because I believe this last time you were on the program, you talked about you were there many times and did a lot of work in Columbia. Uh, and does having that international knowledge of coming from the United States to Columbia, do you, does the police seem to be pretty readily open to discuss that with you or do they shut it away like sometimes they do in the United States to be honest with you police drive right by them all the time and just won't even look that way when they know exactly what's going on in those places what kind of response you get from the Columbia police well I always try to go in very humble um, because I'm aware specifically of how much Columbia has suffered because of the actions of Americans I think of like you know, in the 80s and the 90s with the narco wars, I don't believe it was Colombian money that were that was funding people like Pablo Escobar. It was people from Miami, New York. It was the American addiction to cocaine that was fueling that violence in Colombia. And now I believe it's the American sex addiction that's fueling these influx of pedophiles that are just, I don't think it's just a Colombia problem. I think it's a it's an entire world problem. But my specific niche happens to be in Colombia. And so with the police, I'm very... Um, I'm very humble about that fact of like, I'm a, I know that people from my country have caused this problem. And so thank you for allowing me the honor to work alongside you. And then I just try to relieve as much as their burden as I can 
without taking any of the credit, if that makes sense, where I want these police officers to look really good in front of their bosses. I want their names to end up in the news articles. I want them to get awards and medals for all these good cases. Like we had a case, um, you know, very recently of a uh, an Indian man, um, an Indian American man who was traveling to Colombia and he was taking um, some some victims to his Airbnb and he was arrested. The, 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 the survivors were recovered. And it's a really cool case because it touches three different countries. And so the police officers involved are getting a lot of recognition from their bosses because of the support that we gave that case. And for me, that's awesome. Like, did they get yeah. the credit? Did they get the empowerment and the survivors are now in our care and being taken care of. And for me, having that attitude of like, I'm not here to take over. I'm just here to assist. You guys are the ones that know your country best. And I'm very aware that I'm a guest here has made all the difference. For the people that's listening, you know, we talk about human trafficking a lot. And sometimes it, it concerns me. And I, and you're probably going to say, great, that's so stupid to even say it. I think sometimes we may talk about it too much to where people become numb to it. Like we talk about numbing while ago. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're talking about human trafficking again. But tell me what is and could be the biggest secret that we have no idea that's going on that would shock us if we ever had the ability to walk beside you in places like Colombia when you're in those other countries and we go, oh my gosh, now I see why you're so passionate about this. What would that look like to us? And what would you show me and say, there it is. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, if you were to come with me, for example, I'd I'd probably tell you, two things that may I think would would surprise people and then uh on both ends of the spectrum both with the with the with the good guys and the bad I'll start with the bad just so we get that out of the way the bad guys I think they'd be surprised of who exactly these people are I know when I first got into this I pictured like the pimp with like the big chains the big hats the pimp stick or like the guy in the hood you know in downtown Houston or downtown Cheyenne or whatever just that they were evil looking people but the people that um, that I've encountered that are involved in human trafficking in Colombia or in the United States, they are regular people, school teachers, taxi drivers, crypto fund managers. Uh, you know, here in um, in Salt Lake City, um, where I'm currently at, is uh, there was this IT person for the government. He was just an IT analyst, made 50, 50 grand a year. But he had access to the arrest warrants and the and the and the travel schedule of the police, and so he would he had made a partnership with a pimp that was trafficking women downtown to let him know when to clear out because there's a police raid in this hotel that he was stationed in. So even like someone like that, like just an IT analyst uh, working for your local government. So the people that are always involved just surprise me. I've learned to really, unfortunately, not trust a lot of people because it can be just the taxi drivers, the crypto fund managers, the school team. It can be whoever. On the good end of that, I think that would surprise people is um, how well our program works when survivors know that we have their back. Like you mentioned something really profound in your opening statement where if you count on one or two people that you know that have your back, then you have no idea how blessed you are. I think that you ring so true. My best friend, I'll tell you the story. I got an award last month, two months ago from the Columbian government. It's called the Shield, Shield of the Police. And it's the uh, the highest honor that uh, the Columbian government can bestow on a foreigner. 
And so I invited a bunch of survivors to come. I invited my entire Colombian team. I also invited the the chief legal officer for my nonprofit, who's never been to Colombia, and my best friend growing up. And their feedback after spending four days with us and meeting the survivors and talking with them and conversing with them is they couldn't believe how well they're doing. Where we're eating steak and a survivor's telling about how how our makeup class is going, or um, there's a survivor who's really interested in like the the politics surrounding the country of Israel. And so she was explaining to to my best friend, like how that works. And I they they're able to do that. They're able to tell you about their dreams. They're able to be happy. They're able to eat. They're able to explore their interest with us because they know we have their back. We know that the love and the support that we give them, there's no exchange of goods. There's no, you have to do this in order to get this. It's a free gift that's given to them without anything expected in return, which I believe is, the real definition of grace and love is when there's no strings attached to the help to, that's given. With our survivor family, we don't ever expect a thank you. You don't have to let us take you Christmas shopping. You don't have to like take pictures with us. We believe that we're just going to give you the help because you deserve to be helped. Now, if you want a more personal relationship with us, then great. Like that's awesome. We'll 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 go to the mall. We'll go to the movies. We'll go to dinner. We'll have a birthday party for you. But that's never required. And I think people from the outside were surprised that they came in from the outside of how well the survivors are doing. And I truly believe it's because they have a team of people that have their back and that love them with no strings attached. Yeah, because I would imagine in their world, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, strings being attached is something that has got them in the position that they're in. Because everything has a price to them. Uh, you do this and you'll get this. I'll do this, you know, and everything. So to get something unconditionally out of grace and love and care, they're probably totally land blasted by that. Shock. Yeah, we have a, there's a really sweet survivor. She, oh, she's one of the sweetest kids. She, uh, she was trafficked online. She came from a very uh, abusive household. She was trafficked by a Brazilian man online. And when, when she first came into our uh, survivor family, she was 16 years old and she wasn't quite sure how to ask for things that she needed because we had like our initial meeting with her. We were talking about the education support uh, that we could offer her to help her graduate high school. And so um, she was communicating with one of our um, with one of our psychologists and she requested funding for uh for school, school supplies and school uniforms because she was going to go graduate high school and then proceeded to send a very, very poorly dressed picture of herself to our psychologist. And so she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you doing? What are you sending that for? And she's like, oh, we, I just figured that, you know, this is if you if I want the school support, I have to, you know, contribute something. And this is normally what I'm requested to contribute. And so we had an intervention with her where we sat down. It's like, you don't have to do that with us. Like, this is not health. That's not a healthy way to ask for money. And it's not your fault that you did that. Like you, you did that because of the trauma you've experienced. But the part of creating a healthy relationship with us is knowing that we're going to help you, and you don't have to do anything for us. You don't have to send. You don't have to send pictures of yourself in in very little clothing. You don't have to send that to anybody because that's not what a healthy relationship looks like. And so slowly but surely, helping her understand those things of of healthy ways to ask for things healthy ways to function as a family. And then with her, like, cause her body was, was so vital in that, um, in her healing, 
we really believed in empowering her to empower her own body. And so one of the most transformational things that I saw with this girl is she had this idea that she brought to us about six months into her healing. And she's like, I, I think I want to join a gym. I've been watching TikTok videos and there's some fitness influencers. And I think I want to try that. And so we're like, okay, let's try it. So we paid for a gym membership to, for her, paid for like two weeks of personal training. So she kind of learned how the gym works and gym culture and how to do the lifts. And now like two years later, she's, she no longer sends those pictures. She no longer posts pictures that she was posting before. And she, uh, she reported back to us that through the gym. She feels like she has control of her home body, that she's able to control her body, what she wanted to do, how she wants it to look. And joining a gym has been one of the most empowering things for her as far as her own self-development and self, uh, self-worth, recognizing her self-worth within herself. And so with us, like that's, it all started with, without of like, how do we put, how to make this girl understand that she doesn't have to give us anything sexual or anything at all to receive our help. And now, you know, two years in this process, she's blossoming this amazing young woman, one of the most amazing survivors that, that I've been able to work with. And, um, and I'm honestly so blessed to even be able to talk about her story because she's so amazing. That's great. Tell you what, we're going to take our only break tonight. Uh, but on the other side of this commercial, Tyler, I, I would like to find out more about uh, this organization that you started. What What kind of different venues you have within it? Uh, you actually got boots on the ground, uh, educational type of things, aftercare, uh, you know, residential, all that kind of thing. Also want to talk about the faith element. If there's any, uh, issue with the faith element and how you deal with that and interject that or not in certain areas. And, uh, got a lot of other questions on my mind. Uh, then I may get to the ones that you mentioned to me, but, uh, I, I'm, Want to chase this rabbit for a while. We're going to talk about this on the other side. Don't leave us. 888-627-6008. Or you can get right on here uh, by Shattered by the Darkness on the Facebook page. We'll be right back. Hang with us. About two minutes. HCI Publishing that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. It's just great to have Tyler with us on the program this evening. And he started this new organization, Libertas. Did I say, am I pronouncing that right? Yes, sir. Libertas International and LibertasFreedom.org. LibertasFreedom.org? That's our website. Yes, sir. 
Okay, say it again. So, and, and spell it or, or let everybody know, because if they want to get involved, they want to know more about you, they want to contribute, they want to uh, help with resources, uh, I want to make sure they know how to get in touch with you before we get to the end of the program and become me off. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, that's what we're, that's, that's always a need that we have is to to create a uh, well of resources. So when a survivor is vulnerable enough to ask for help, that there's a f- amount of funding to make sure that they are welcome into our survivor family. And so uh, there's two ways to get to the website. Uh, you can either throw in libertasinternational.org on uh, in Google or whatever website you're using. Or if you go to libertasfreedom.org, that will also take you there. And libertas is spelled L-I-B-E-R. T-I-S, and then freedom.org. Um, libertas, it's the uh, Latin word for freedom in Latin. Ah, I was, you took the next question right out of my mouth. I thought, where you came up with that? That's good. Um, somebody like me, here I am, you know, business professional, go to the hospital every day. How can, what do you need from some guy in Texas that would say, hey, I want to get involved, uh, although I, I am kind of upset that my invitation to go to Columbia with you to watch you get the award. I guess I got lost in the mail. Uh, (laughs) But what can somebody like me do to help you? Because obviously I don't have the wisdom. I don't have probably the nerve or the backbone, although I would love to go and be a, a fly on the wall just to watch and see how it works. But what, what can I do? How can these folks that are listening in tonight from their own home, help you do what you're doing in such an important battle well first off, let me make a correction there you definitely have the wisdom that's for sure like your wisdom your wisdom that is definitely a major contribution so uh you definitely have the wisdom to support but uh i the, the thing that i would most hope that people take away from this conversation and if they come away and want to know how we can how you can support there's a couple of different ways first and foremost it was, is with resources the donations like i'm gonna pitch all the time because i know i'm not pitching for myself donations i'm asking for you know like these two sisters that just came to us last week these two little sisters who were trafficked by an american we're still trying to find out what the guy's name is but they're little they're 12 years old and 14 years old and and they've got a long road ahead as far as healing and and justice and because people gave money to and our monthly donors specifically we're able to say you know what here's a safe place for you to land Here's a safe place for you to call home and we're going to help you in, in whatever you in whatever you want to do to, to continue to heal and to get empowered economically, educationally and with justice. And so if anything else, people can go to LibertasFreedom.org or LibertasInternational.org. There's a donate button, make make a one time donation. Or if you're feeling really generous tonight, become a monthly donor. We have monthly donors that start out at five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. I think our average is 50 bucks a month, but even people that go as high as a thousand bucks a month, like whatever people can afford to give and to support that monthly donations. I always pitch that because that's what's most helpful to our team in Columbia, because then they know how much is going to come in next month and know uh, if a survivor comes to us, we'll be able to say, you know, here, you're safe here. You're welcome here. You're loved. So those monthly donors, like they are my favorite people in the world because they help us uh, create a soft space to land for future survivors. It's easier to budget when you know what's going to be coming in. Yeah. If you could just, you don't have to do this, but if you could just close your eyes and say, I tell you what, I, this is what I wish would happen. And I pray that would happen if we only had the financial resources to do that. What would that dream be of yours, Tyler, uh, to take this organization to a level 
that would really make an impact on people's lives. You know, if I um, if I had all the resources that I'm that I'm dreaming of having, um, I think three things that I would do: I would continue to um, I would continue to hire more staff, more Colombian led staff, because that's where I've seen the best results. I would continue to invest in the medical care of our survivors, which I think mm-hmm. is sometimes the most important, but sometimes the most expensive. We had a little girl that came to us. It was uh, it was six years old, and her brother and his friend used to use her um, for their uh, cocaine-filled parties in their basement. And when she came to us, she was wearing a diaper because she couldn't control when or how she went to the bathroom. And so we took out a $6,000 uh, medical expense so that this girl could have vaginal reconstructive surgery so she could use the bathroom on her own again and she could function in a school environment without having kids ask why are you wearing a diaper when you're six years old so quick continuing to invest in the just the higher quality of care and then um i would um i would expand our um our work of justice you know justice is such a powerful tool of healing for our survivors when they speak to the law and they know that the law has listened. If I had more resources, if I had more funding, we, you know, we, we go after one or two Americans a month based on what they've done to our survivor family. If I had more funding, I could go after five or six of these guys a month to where just a flow of cases and a flow of Americans being held accountable for the abuse that they're inflicting on the whole world. For on specific on on these little girls in Colombia that's they're in my care. If I had more resources, um, that's what I would do: expand every single aspect of our program to provide a more holistic care and put more bad guys in jail. That's great. Do you do you hope that it's going to be so prevalent that the work that you're doing in organizations like you in Colombia that people from America that is using this as their resort time to get away for the sex uh, wild things they do, that they, they're going to think twice or wait, wait, I can't go there anymore because is that what you're hoping to get accomplished? Yeah. I'm a big believer. I got I'm a big, uh, I'm a big superhero guy. I love watching superhero movies. And uh, last year's super movie, superhero movie came out called the Batman and the Batman in the opening scene, you see these criminals that are spray painting uh, on banks that are stealing from old ladies in, in 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 streets and the bat signal goes up and all these criminals stop committing these crimes because they're so afraid of the shadows. Who might be in the shadows? Who's lurking in the shadows? And the, the poor guys in the subway that weren't lucky enough to see the bat signal, they end up getting the full wrath of the Batman. And that's what we hope happens with Libertas International and the country of Colombia, that we're going to hit these guys hard. We've already hit these guys hard. This is going to be a record year for us. We're hoping by the end of the year that a record number, not just for Libertas, but for the, the country of Colombia, that 10 American guys will have been punished for what they've done to little girls in Colombia. And then those are broadcasted everywhere so that pedof- I don't know if we're ever going to truly end human trafficking or truly end pedophilia or any of these things. But at least for my for my girls in Colombia, I hope that when these these monsters, when these pedophiles, when these sex tourists are planning their vacation, they don't go to Colombia because they're like, we can't go to Colombia. Those guys at Libertas International are going to find us 
And I'm not only going to pay 15 years in jail, but I'm also going to pay 150 grand because those guys have lawyers and they'll take my money. And I hope they go elsewhere. And I hope that when they go to Mexico, that Mexico has a Libertas International they can count on. If they go to Uganda, that, that Uganda has a Libertas International they can count on. And if they go to Houston, I hope that in Houston, there's a Libertas International type of organization that can help do the exact same thing. But I want that fear. I want when these Americans plan out, like you said, these sex vacations, that they don't come to Colombia because the presence of Libertas International and our team and our brave, brave survivors creates enough fear that they go somewhere else. Yeah, uh, that's great. Now, when you actually catch an American over there doing that and you say you want this punishment uh, or the judicial system to be known and uh, backboned enough uh, and proper and the legal to be properly aligned to where, hey, they are going to serve the time or receive the punishment that they should. Is that always done there? Or do you automatically go, hey, wait, this guy's from uh, Miami. He's going back to Florida and they're going to do it there. Or what happens when an American is picked up in Columbia for that type of thing? You know, it kind of depends, it kind of depends on who uh, who has the harsher sentences. Yeah. And um, and usually if we do it really well, which we're getting to the point we can do it really well, is they do it um, together to where you almost you almost have them serve double time to where if you can get people working together, if you can get people collaborating together. And a lot of this, like the focal point of this is making sure you have a survivor who's empowered and who, uh, and who feels safe enough to talk because she knows that whether she gives a good testimony or a bad one, that we still got her back no matter what. When you have a survivor, that's that key to the investigation. Usually these two countries will both want a piece of these guys. And so what that looks like, like there was a case that we worked um, this year uh, involving a crypto fund manager from California, same type of thing. And this guy was a monster. He wanted little kids, little girls to work in his webcam studio. He had an Airbnb. He would use his money and his Instagram following to recruit young girls into his Airbnb. And he had very specific qualifications on the girls that he wanted to rape. Um, They had to have no tattoos, no scars, and no breasts. That was his what type of girls that he likes to abuse. And so in this case, we got these two governments working together to where both governments now want their peace. To where the first peace, Colombia is going to take him for 18 years. And he's going to stay in a Colombian jail for 18 years. He's 37 or 38 years old. And when he's finally done there and he leaves Colombia and he tries to come back to L.A., the United States is going to want their peace as well because he also committed crimes of the – the creation of CSAM, the distribution of CSAM, uh, formerly known as child pornography, the abuse of a minor, sex tourism, and all those charges can really add up. And the United States wants their justice as well, to where he may also serve 18 years in the United States. And so essentially he served two prison sentences in two different countries when these countries are working together. And so we usually like to see that when they work together and collaborate and, and both countries want to take a bite. And if not, we usually will always defer to the Colombians first because it is being committed in their country. And wherever the sentences are higher, we'll usually defer toward that route to ensure that these guys stay the longest time in jail. Is the Colombian jail system uh, pretty rough? Yeah. Yeah. Compared to yeah. the United States? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And um 
I think it's so rough that when they count time served in Columbia here in the United States, they count it. They count each year you serve in a Colombian jail as two years. It's pretty rough, but I have no sympathy for these guys. And these guys have destroyed the the lives of these little girls. They did it with impunity for so long. And then when they get caught, a lot of them, I only have one guy that has fessed up and said, yeah, I, I was wrong. I was just, I'm just a pervert. I only had one guy that actually did that. It's, it's the guy that was part of this story up here on my wall. But the rest of these guys, a lot of times they don't think they did anything wrong. Like, well, you know, she needed money or or I thought she liked me or whatever. And we had this case of like this 69-year-old man who was raping this 16-year-old girl and trafficking her to his friends. And he really thought that she was in love with him. And he was insistent when he was getting arrested that, no, she's my girlfriend. We're in love. And so I have no sympathy for these guys. But yeah, Columbia Jail is rough. You mentioned in, in a while ago, you mentioned the word my girls, and you mentioned just, just a while ago in your answer about the girls. Do you see boys? Uh, and how prevalent is that uh, trafficking in the Columbia area and in the other locations that you're working? Is it just as prevalent as the, the females? I wouldn't say it's as prevalent. 99% of the cases that I get are girls, but we do get a, a significant amount of boys that have also been trafficked and abused. Um, a lot of some of the boys that we support are homo- homosexual. And because Colombia is a is a fairly conservative country, a lot of those um, homosexual boys end up on the street where they're then exploited. And we had a we had a case uh, not too long ago of a um, of American man from Florida who was abusing a 14 year old boy um, in the city of Cali, Colombia, traveling down, abusing him, taking pictures, uploading it. And um, when he was finally caught, the little the this boy who's a very brave young man, he wanted to testify in this trial and then get as much restitution as he could. And so Libertas, we helped cover the bill of that flight, flew him up to uh, Fort Lauderdale where he spoke at the man's sentencing and talked about the abuse that he had had that he had suffered because of this man. And um and very very brave kid, very um he's on, he's on a good path of, of healing now. He's looking to finish high school and get into a a, a mechanic school. But in the overall scheme of things, we do see mostly girls, but we do also have boys as well. And for boys, we also accept them into our program as well, because for a boy to disclose that he's been abused, disclose that um, that he was trafficked, it it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of vulnerability that I don't think us men are super great at to begin with. And so when a boy comes to us asking for help, man, we really do open up just the amount of love. We take them out to dinner, let them feel safe, and just let them know that we're so sorry for what's happened to them. We don't judge them, and we are committed to supporting them in their healing, the same as the girls, and going after these bad guys who have also uh, abused them as well. Tell me what it's like um, once – a girl or guy, but let's say that's the, the girls are the ones that predominantly that you're dealing with. Uh, let's say a 15, 16 year old girl comes into what you mentioned, the way you phrased it, into your program. What kind of process is that? What kind of services and resources do you have uh, for them? And what are, you know, what kind of roadmap uh, are you hoping to get them through why they're in your care or under your, your, watch, your watchful eye? 
Yeah, I think this is the resources are so important because all this happens because people donate and they and they become monthly donors. Is the range of services that we're able to, <clears throat> excuse me, offer these survivors. And so, um, yeah, I'll give you an example of a girl who just started a small business with us. She has a, uh, she has a storefront where she sells plastic plates, plastic forks, plastic cups, basically sells plastics for people that are looking to have parties and have family dinners and maybe don't want to wash dishes and she's doing really well. Uh, she came to us. Um, she was referred by the local government after being uh, rescued from an Airbnb um, by an American guy named Heinz Poole from the, from Chicago. When she first came to us, uh, first thing was um, we wanted to make her feel welcome, help her, help her feel safe and empower her with choice. And so we all get like in a group chat and we get to know her We'll we'll make her um, some little AI avatars of her face that are really cool to help make generate some cool art, make her feel make her feel loved, and supported. And then we'll ask her, let's go, let's go meet, let's go have dinner. You invite your mom, invite your dad, whoever you're close with. You guys pick the place, and we're buying. And so steak, uh, Italian, or just KFC. We've been to KFC a number of times for like these first introduction. Uh, visits, but the point is to give them the power to choose what they want to eat, and we'll go along with them. And then the dinner's free. Obviously, we're like, well, we'll cover dinner, get some just the right mindset. And over dinner, you know, there's something that's so human about dinner and connection. Yeah. And the dinner table is we're all just so human because we're all needing sustenance. No one is better than anybody else. There's no level of economic disparity or religion or race. We're just eating because we all have to eat to survive. And so it's a great place to begin to build rapport. And so with these survivors, usually during that dinner, they'll guide us on what their path of healing will look like. And so for this specific survivor, uh, first thing first, she wanted to finish high school. And she didn't have the funding uh, to finish high school, and she's about three years behind. And so that's that's what we did. Uh, we started getting on an educational path a therapeutic path along the way so she could also um, understand the trauma that's happened to her and how to move on from that. And also to get on track to, to graduate high school so she, there were more opportunities available to her. Throughout that process, there was also uh, an aspect of justice that had to be dealt with. Um, this this court case that was looming over her head, the Colombian justice system is the one that took ownership of this American man. And so helping her understand her options in this legal case and helping all information flow through one person on our team so that she's not bombarded with phone calls from lawyers or journalists or social workers. All of the information comes to us because we're her trusted people. And as she graduated high school, it was that process of mental healing, educational empowerment, and then justice. And when she got out of the high school, she was like, I think I want to open a business versus going to college. I want to work. I just had a daughter. I think I want to be an entrepreneur first and maybe a student later. Like, okay, well, you are the the one who's you are the boss of your life. You are the guardian of your healing. Let's let's do that. She presented us with a business plan. We gave her a budget of five thousand dollars and she came up with it to open this plastic store. We gave her the uh, loan, which isn't a loan, it's a gift. We don't expect any repayment back. We went with her to buy all the stuff. She bought the stuff, she and then she's the owner. And that's what she does um, 16 hours a day. She works in that storefront, takes care of her daughter. I've never seen her happier because she is in the transformation of three and a half years. She's no longer this abused little girl who was rescued from an Airbnb and then denied medical care at a hospital from a female nurse. 
she, she requested a female nurse for her exam. She was given a male nurse. Now she's a survivor. She's a high school graduate. And now she's a business owner. And it was her that guided that path. And then we helped her a little bit along the way. That's great. That is great. I tell you what, Tyler, I, I'm so excited. I'm so glad you reached out to, to touch base to tell us what you're doing and let our listeners know uh, the awesome organization that you've started and got it already up and running and doing great uh, called Libertas International. And you can put .org after that. Everybody get on there and see what Tyler's up to or Libertas Freedom dot org get right on there too and i guess uh, do they both take you to the same exact spot yeah same exact website, same exact website. Just, uh, we wanted to get yeah. that one too so and I, I would like to encourage tyler if it's all right folks donate something just donate something i i like that recurring uh monthly donation whatever you can do it doesn't have to be uh, a lot but if you got a lot go for it but just every little bit helps. And if we get all these people that are listening tonight, just say, hey, I'll do $5 a month. Uh, go for it. What an impact we can do. We can actually be changing people's lives like he's talked about tonight. Tyler, I tell you what, I love you, man. I appreciate you so much. And I applaud uh, the work that you're doing. Any last, we only got about a minute, but any last 15 second word you want to leave us with? Yeah, we just say that we, we know what we're doing. Justice is possible. Healing is possible. But it's only possible through your resources and people's generosity. So please visit the website. Send us a Venmo. Uh, become a monthly donor. Um, anything helps. Anywhere between five bucks a month to a thousand bucks a month. Wherever people can donate. But it's your it's your donations. It's your resources that allow for survivors to be empowered economically, educationally, allow justice to happen. And my my favorite thing is that it creates a safe space and a soft landing for a little girl who's looking for somewhere safe to to land, it allows Libertas International our team to be that safe place for her to finally get help. Fantastic. Well, continue to be the Superman that you are to these folks, will you? Appreciate it, Greg. Thank you, Tyler. God bless you. Tell you what, like we do each and every week, we always want to just leave you with a, the last thought, and I won't be very long because we had a long program. The hour just flew by and I knew it would. But I just want to let you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing right now and enduring in your life right now, let me tell you, don't give up. Hang in there. It's worth the fight. You still have air in your lungs. Come on, just keep on doing it. I know you can do it because I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's always hope. Never forget that. There's always hope. Join us right here next week for another edition of Breaking the Silence live. Houston, Texas. Have an awesome week. God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at Shattered by the darkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station One for the next episode of Breaking the Silence. Breaking the Silence.